Hi, and welcome back to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way that they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We're so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of testimonies and inspirational stories that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing Gather news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of our podcast, The Girls Who Gather podcast. We are in a series called Build, and we are so excited to just be hearing stories of women from all over, all different backgrounds and beliefs and upbringings and in different careers who have either built something, who are navigated challenges and just laying the foundation of something um, or her learning to just dwell in the spaces that they create. So we are hearing from a wide range of women this season and I am so excited to uh, introduce our guest for today. Her name is Natalie Stratton and she is the co-founder of Hearth Display and a product builder passionate about design and technology. She's led product design for B2C FinTech and two-sided marketplace products and led design for global construction teams. Natalie holds her master's in architecture and design and is an expert in design thinking, UI and UX product strategy and product project management. As a first-generation immigrant, Natalie understands the desire to belong and the importance of building a solid foundation from scratch in both her community and her career. She loves to empower girls and women in the STEM industries, specifically in the areas of technology and design, and we are so excited to hear more about her story. Welcome, Nat. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It is so exciting to be here today with you guys. We're so excited to have you. So let's just get started. So I like to start from the beginning. Um, tell us a little bit about where you're from and a bit about your upbringing and how that's maybe played into what you do today. I love this. This is such a good question. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm a first generation immigrant. Mm -hmm. I was born in Bogota, Colombia, um, and moved to the States when I was eight years old. My family just, you know, uprooted their entire life and moved here. Mm -hmm. Um, my little sister is a little bit younger than me. So we kind of were just the two of us together kind of following our parents, like not really sure what was happening. Um, didn't really speak English at all when we moved oh. to the States. Um, and that pretty much has kind of shaped really the entirety of my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what, um, tell us a little bit about like what got you into what you do now and, and what you, I know you studied architecture, yeah. you went to Clemson, um, and then you got your MA in architecture too, your master's. So what, yeah. what led you into that field? That's a very like, what, what got you into that? Totally. That's such a great question. Yeah. So I think so many of those things are like interwoven with just my childhood in general. Mm -hmm. um, like I've always been a builder and a maker, um, but with architecture specifically, you know, moving to a country where you don't really have like the family support that you mm -hmm. might have, like wider family, whatever. I grew up in a family that had like a ton of lawyers and doctors, whatever, but then um, I was particularly fond of one of my aunts mm. um, who was an architect. And before we moved to the United States, she used to always take me on her like construction site visits. Mm. So think like, you know, little seven-year-old Natalie just like running around some like concrete mounds and like mm -hmm. jumping into things and sand everywhere. 
Um, and then also just like going back to my aunt's office and mm. then really seating, sitting at a drafting table oh. and she would just let me like see what she was working on or even like at the computer, like see what she was designing, like mm. what she was thinking through, um, sharing books with me, like telling me like, oh, this is like what I'm working on today. Like these are, this is the concept of this thing, or this is like how I'm thinking about it or what I'm thinking through, mm. or even like here are my clients, um, and that's kind of how I first ended up in architecture, like very much just thinking like, oh, you know what? Like this was such a beautiful and crucial part of my childhood. I yeah. actually think that I want to at least pursue this um, for a little bit. Um, and then I would say after graduating from college, I ended up going to get my master's at Parsons mm-hmm. School of Design. And within those three years that I was getting my master's in architecture, I actually started really diving into the intersection of the physical and digital space. Mm-hmm. Um, so really starting to get curious about, okay, I'm seeing that like architecture is somewhat of, you know, it's a beautiful art, I mm-hmm. would say. But at the same time, I think there are pieces of it that are getting left behind when it comes to technology. Mm-hmm. Um And so I started asking myself, I'm like, you know what, like I'm such a person that I feel like I experience a lot of things Mm -hmm. through, um, yeah, just like I'm a very visual person. Um, And so I think with this in particular, I was like, oh, what happens if we experience physical space through digital? Mm -hmm. Um, How can we find like the intersection between the two? And so I got super interested in product design when I was at Parsons um, and kind of decided from there that I was going to pursue this like what does it look like to build digital products? Like, how can I use my architecture background of um, planning, of designing, of, um, yeah, just, like, major design thinking, like, Mm -hmm. to solve core problems for people um, in a way that also is, like, a little bit faster, you know? So how can I put, like, my ideas in, like, people's hands pretty quickly? That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, Just kind of, like, question that like, I had when I was thinking about what you do and the, the field that you're in like can you talk speak a little bit to like the women that you were seeing around you in this area and is it did you feel like there were women that you were able to look to who would like who were doing what yeah. you did do you feel like that's growing mm-hmm. um now maybe more so like I just know notoriously like women in STEM is not yes. something that we see a ton and just yeah what were your experiences like for that absolutely Um, So, yeah, you, like, really nailed it on the head. Like, definitely, I think because I grew up with my aunt being an architect, Mm -hmm. you know, I just never – I just knew that I could do it. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, someone's really gone before me to do this. Like, someone's, like, you know, really – like, she probably was one of, like, you know, two women in her studies and, like, in her career, like, early on. And so just having her as an example kind of really pushed me in that direction because it is true. Um, I think when I was in architecture school particularly, there were a lot of women that studied architecture Mm -hmm. um, that really were interested in the physical design, like Mm -hmm. in interior design, that kind of thing. But you kind of realize towards the end that once you actually get into the career itself, women kind of drop off, Mm, you know, like that just the way that the system is built that you're working extremely long hours, you are um, really giving a lot of yourself away yeah. without a lot in return per se. Yeah. Um, and so I think any of the women that I work next to, I think we quickly just became mm. really close collaborators wow. and friends just because we kind of had that thing in common. Yeah. That, you know, we're like going really against 
yeah. you know, whatever system has been put in place and just mm-hmm. knowing that, like, we have a place here. Yeah. We just have to, like, be a little bit resilient. Wow. Um, and also flexible. Yeah. You know, which is, like, one, again, like, one of the reasons why, to a certain extent, I kind of also pivoted into digital product design because there was right. just a little bit more flexibility. Right. Um, and then also, like, a little bit more representation in mm-hmm. terms of, like, women around me. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's funny, like, how communities built sort of in opposition sometimes and like you yes. get closer to people mm-hmm. when you're like challenging the same thing or kind of like there's kind of there's like a camaraderie of like we're in this together because you know exactly so I love that because mm-hmm. it can easily be competitive too in that you know did you experience exactly. that at all too in that sense or was yeah, it more so that were you were definitely yeah there were definitely times that I did experience um a sort of competitiveness and I think you know, in those moments, like, I just remember thinking, oh, you know what, like, I, I know for a fact that, like, what is meant for me is for me. Mm-hmm. And so what I can do is support what I can do is make sure that with those that like want to collaborate with me that that is my mindset, yeah. first of all. That's great. Mm-hmm. And what did when you were so then you so in moving into product design, too. So what was what did your day-to-day look like? I know you worked for Goldman Sachs as a product designer. I know you were you're doing some mm. other things before that. What what was that kind of like? I'm curious to know just like what that looked like yeah. for you day-to-day. Yeah, so for me, it was actually like during the pandemic. So okay. when I graduated from Parsons, I actually moved straight into like a prop tech kind mm-hmm. of um, startup purely because that was in my mind. I was like, oh, I need to make this transition from like the physical space full yeah. into like digital Um, And so I kind of started there. And during the pandemic, I actually, like, right before, I, like, already had these thoughts. I was like, okay, my next jump is going to be fully into digital product design. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually got laid off during the pandemic, which actually ended up being, like, the best thing for my Mm -hmm. career. Because first of all, like, realizing, like, oh, my gosh, my identity was so tied into my job. Like, I had built my entire personality and, like, what I was doing as, like, you know – at a startup like doing all these things like working in Paris working in San Francisco whatever um and so when I actually got laid off during the pandemic it like gave me just like massive breathing room to really dream and plan and be like oh wow I spent the last 10 years of my life like thinking that I was going to be in this career for the rest of my life wow um and so I actually had some breathing room to be like what is it exactly that I care about yeah when it comes to building and making yeah you know and it made me like really sit down and think like you know what like product design is for me it moves Mm. quick I'm solving people's problems Mm. like I'm actually creating things that don't exist yet yeah you know um and so I first started at a small startup called App Deco Mm -hmm. where I was leading their product design and that was really fun just because it's a double-sided marketplace which means that there are just some very interesting problems on like people buying things or you know, you want want to make sure that people are also, like, selling things consistently mm-hmm. and, like, really, like, seeing how people were experiencing the platform. Um, and so I was there for a little while and then kind of wanted just the experience of a larger organization. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up at Goldman, which I don't come from a finance background at yeah. all, you know. And so the thing that was interesting about me going there is because I was working on their consumer-facing product. Cool. So I was on the Marcus Invest team. And the reason why I was so excited to work on that team specifically is because, you know, when it comes to, like, wealth building specifically for, you know, people that don't really know Mm -hmm. um, a lot about, like, money handling, like, that kind of thing. Like, something that's consumer that can fit in your pocket Mm -hmm. 
it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, so it was basically just creating access for people that didn't have access to this previously. That's right. That somewhat like unlocked Mm -hmm. something, um, unlocked wealth building for people that usually like might not have had access to it. Um, So yeah, it was like really fun to think about those like design problems of like, how can we communicate these very complex things um, to users and to people that might not necessarily um, really know anything about it. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like there's, you found more of a mission behind what you were doing, which like is important. I think we don't realize how important that is when you're in a career that you don't like, maybe, maybe not even that you don't believe in the mission of it, but you're just not like seeing it or you're not interacting with it It can be, I think really can burn you out and drain you. So that's awesome. Um, and at the core of it, it's, you know, building, building things for people is about problem solving. It's about identifying like, Oh, what is someone struggling with? And then I want to build something that actually is either going to open a door for them to do something else or just like in general, make their lives easier. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I, I love that. Even on a, more like theoretical and emotional like front too like we mm-hmm. building things exactly to to last and I I want to going kind of back to when I was uh prepping for this I was I looked up just the the definite I love architecture I love architectural digest like big fan um yes, but same. I think it's fascinating and just the definition of architecture is the art or practice of designing and building structures uh especially habitable ones and another yes. definition too is a unifying or, or or coherent form or structure so there's this like really I don't know there's something that building with the intention for it to be later to be habitable and and um mm. I don't know I just we're talking a lot about that this season and just like building things that we can then walk in and dwell in and um yeah. I don't know I just what would you say in this regard like what is important about building things that can last and like what do you have to you can talk like I would love to know just even practically like when you were studying architecture when you're studying design when you're doing these things with your hands like what are you thinking about with Mm -hmm. something that's going to last a long time um Mm -hmm. yeah let's just start there like practically I love this yeah you know this is actually something that I've thought about so much in my career Mm um and very like tactically yeah when you're designing a building or you're designing a thing the majority of the time is really spent in planning mm-hmm. and building the foundation yeah that's good. and people really forget about that mm-hmm. the majority is like oh it's like 60 percent planning and then 40 percent like executing what mm-hmm. people see is like visible wow um and so specifically with architecture I would say so much of the work, yeah, is like really spent laying the foundation, which is Mm. very invisible work. Mm. That is not the things that you see that are, you know, people can, you know, per se, like walk around in or like experience visibly. Yeah. But it's the thing that holds everything together. That's really good. Right. Without without a strong foundation, you actually can't hold up all of the other things Mm -hmm. that people see. Um. And so as I was, like, thinking about this specifically, I'm, like, so much of my life has had moments of full foundation building mm-hmm. where, you know, you might be seeing other people, like, putting up the paint on their walls, the, like, chandeliers yeah. that are changing all of these things. And you might get caught and think, like, oh, man, like, I'm sitting here in the dark, like, pouring concrete and, like, building a foundation. Um, and it's been so evident in so many aspects of my life um, that this foundation needed to happen so that then all of these like other things could like stand on top of it. Wow. Um, 
So that's kind of like the best way that I feel like I could talk about it, even like even emotionally, right? Like so many seasons in our life that, you know, we're like, wow, why is this hard? Like, why is this challenging? When in reality, we're just like setting stones down for a foundation, pouring concrete, making sure that like whatever comes in the future, like is able to stand on that. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's a word. (laughs) How have you like just speaking to that too, like personally, how have you seen that in your life? And like maybe was there something you had to kind of reevaluate and be like, oh, this is not built to last. This isn't built on something that is strong enough to hold what it needs to carry, you know? Because you're right, it totally. takes it takes a while. The time element, we're in such a culture that just wants everything now. And if you're not doing the next big thing or starting the next company or do you know, totally. it, it, you kind of feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed by thinking everyone else is. And I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. so talk to us about that in your own life. Yeah, I think I mentioned I mentioned earlier how during the pandemic I got laid off from my job yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm growing, I'm doing yes. all these things. Like this is my identity, whatever. And I think in that moment, I, like, took a few months to, like, really take a step back and be like, wow, why was this so painful? Mm -hmm. And that was very much, like, one of those foundation-building moments because I, A, spent time, like, by myself, like, trying to figure out, like, yeah, like, why was that so painful? Like, why do I feel such shame that Mm -hmm. I got laid off from my job? Like, why did I find such um, identity in my career? Like, what is it that I'm trying to essentially protect or a cover for that requires Mm. me to be so in need of my career to like be this way successful whatever and I really needed to like get to that point where I was like oh no like I love myself I'm proud of who I am like just as a person like aside from my accomplishments or how capable I am in all of these things like it's not about the thing that I do it's how I do it or Mm. the intention with which I do it Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think like that season of like foundation building of just like wanting to do all of the things that will, you know, happen in my life. Like now it's building a company in the future. It might be building a family, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, taking a break to take care of my family, whatever that looks like. Um, I really needed that season of the, what was, I think it was like six months Mm -hmm. of just foundation building because then on the other side, that's led to this like incredible resilience that, you know, in, in building a company, like it's not easy it is there are lots of highs there are definitely lows and you just have to like build that resilience that it's like hey at the end of the day like my identity is not in this my personality does not come from this company that i'm creating Mm -hmm. and you need that foundation to build that resiliency yeah was that time that six months like was that what was that work looking like like were you just kind of doing internal evaluations and or was what did it look like practically? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of freedom and rest, mm-hmm. which is so counterintuitive to anything yeah. that I had ever thought before. <laughs> it was before I would have been like, I need to learn. I need yeah. to grow. I need to make sure that I'm like collecting skills, that I'm, yeah. you know, winning at things. Um, but the reality was I was, I was doing things that I loved and then discovering like, oh, what is it about my career? What is it about my job? What is it about Mm -hmm. the things that I'm making that I love and really going back to that place? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of like waking up early, listening to my body. Do I need to work out? Do I need to read a book today? Um, do I want to just learn something new? Mm -hmm. 
right? And just responding instead of just like forcing things. That's great. Um, mm. And so, yeah, yeah, wow. just that it's funny how like things fall into place when you like start listening yeah. that's to like so what good. you actually need. Responding instead of forcing things. Yeah, that's great. I feel like I'm, it's just journaling about this this morning, but just like the, there's such a fine line between like, ha- like using your agency, but then also like striving. Like it, it really is just mm-hmm. such a fine, I, I feel like at least like a fine line of, of crossover of like I'm 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 like I'm doing what I can with what I have you know but then it's like are you pushing too much and striving too much for you know Mm -hmm. and then burning yourself out so that's so interesting that's so interesting responding Mm -hmm. I love that um yeah I want to know too like just kind of going back to a more more career question but like what are you you've done some incredible things what are you and we'll get to your your new company in a second but of the things that you've designed and created, like, what are you most proud of? What's like something you are just like, wow, I'm, mm-hmm. I can't believe I did that or got to be a part of that or just something that you're most proud of. Wow. That's actually such a great question. Um, things that I've particularly built that I'm proud of. I feel like there's so many projects that I've generally like touched across my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one of my favorites which it's funny that it just sticks in my mind because it's one of like the first serious ones that Mm -hmm. I've ever did. It was when I moved to New York and a friend of mine and I moved here without a job. (laughs) And so we were like, what are we going to do in New York? And so I first got, I got my first architecture job and got to design the Richard Avedon Foundation. So Richard Avedon is this like super famous like fashion photographer. And so we were basically like designing his foundation, like getting to go through like all of these like crazy old photographs that were in Vogue that were, you know, just like really fascinating. And just like the first time that I fully got to like conceptualize what it was like problem solving for a specific client. Um it was just fun. Like, it, it just felt like such a New York moment that right. I was like, oh, I'm getting to design this really cool thing for someone yeah. who's built, like, an incredible career. Yeah. Um, and who and who's built a legacy, yeah. right? That's um, so cool. And kind of, like, getting to work on that particular project was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Is there a, a pretty significant difference between designing something for someone specifically or and just designing something, you know, for – to be – In general. Yeah. Um, it gives you just really beautiful conceptual guidance, Cool, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I even remember it got to a point where I was like studying his like black and white photographs and yeah. in my mind I was like, you know what, like this should kind of guide like how mm-hmm. we design all of this. Yeah. You know, like how do we want it to feel like a photograph? Do we want it to feel extremely intentional? Yeah. Um, People are going to come here. This is going to be like a gallery yeah. also for like people to visit. So it's like, how do we want them to feel right. um, as they're going through this space or experiencing like this artwork? Right. Um, so, yeah. That's so cool. Oh, I love that. Um, we so we were talking right now too about laying the foundation and just like the big, the early stages of something that you're maybe dreaming for, or thinking through or wanting to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know just like, you could speak to this either in architecture or in product design with the new company. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is that like process like for you when you either get a project or have an idea, um, mm-hmm. actually like starting and actually putting pen to paper and like, I feel like that's sometimes the hardest part. And so mm-hmm. just curious about what that, what that looks like for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, so I'm not going to lie. I feel like there are times where I start planning sometimes and the first thing that pops into my brain is like a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. You know? I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, why am I dreaming of this thing? Like, do I actually think yeah. like it, it could potentially happen? Um, and like once that like kind of twinge happens and I'm like, whoa, that's not where I should start. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, like the biggest step is really just dreaming. Like I constantly ask, I was actually looking at this like random um, Excel spreadsheet that I did, I think like maybe two years ago, that was literally like Nat's five-year plan, <laughs> you know, and I kind of did it two yeah. years ago out of, in, in a moment of just like, you know what, like I just need to dream. Yeah. Like I'm in this place where I'm very much in the day-to-day and I need mm-hmm. to pull myself out and like mm-hmm. really see the big picture of what I want to build as a legacy for the rest of my life. And um, I just you know, wrote a couple things down for five years down the line. And I think I opened it back up maybe like six months ago. <laughs> and I was just so incredibly, incredibly shocked that I was like, oh my gosh, I am halfway there. Wow. Like the things wow. that I wrote down that I like really wanted to do, mm. I've actually accomplished, you know, two out of the five. Wow. You know? Wow. And without even like going back to this thing. And so, so much of it was literally just like, big dreams like Mm -hmm. specifically you know like writing down like oh this is what I would love my career to feel like Mm -hmm. to be like you know I want to be surrounded by people that are smarter than me or just know more than me like people I can learn from or you know I want to make sure that I'm making space for my community like that's something that's super important to me um and so I feel like that's kind of like the first step is just yeah. like really fully dreaming, not necessarily of like actual things, mm-hmm. but of how you want to feel or what or wow. who you want to be around. That's really good. Um, because yeah. so much like we can get caught in like the very specific details and, yeah. you know, the details will come. Mm-hmm. Like those will happen. And that's when like you start talking about laying a foundation. And to me, like dreaming feels like a foundation. Yeah. You know, it feels like I want all of the things that I built to be Mm -hmm. built on something that I like dreamed of for my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would very much say that's the next step. Wow. Um, Definitely dreaming. And then soon after, I think sometimes I just kind of forget about the dreams and have to force myself to go back to them Mm -hmm. and kind of do like a gut check Mm -hmm. of like, where am I? You know? And then the reality is just like walking in the day to day and like waking up and being like, you know what? Today, I'm literally going to do, like, what is in front of me, mm-hmm. full knowing that, like, each of those steps is going to lead me to that thing that I, like, mm-hmm. dreamt of. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. I love practical. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, that's great. Yes. Like, practically, what does that look like? So I mm-hmm. love – that's so good. What? How do you mm-hmm. want to feel? Who do you want to be surrounded by? Because it's easy to just be like, I would love mm-hmm. to do this in my career. But yes. that's awesome to think through how you want it to – yeah, mm-hmm. what you want it to feel like and look like. Because and, so much of our life is has yeah. to do with people mm-hmm. that you want to be with, build mm-hmm. with, right? And, and it is – I think I, like, read – so many quotes around this but it's like it's always like you are the sum of like your five closest people yeah and so in my mind I'm like that's kind of where I start if I can like mm. and have I have surrounded myself with like an incredible community yeah and because of who they are as humans yeah like I'm just a sum of mm. who they are right yeah I love that yeah I think about that all the time that's, I love birthdays because I always like write letters to people or make videos for people on my birthday because mm. I'm like I I'm only celebrating like the yeah being like this mosaic of 
all these people, all yes. like you, you were part of that, you know, that you've contributed to who I am. And so like, it's actually is a celebration of you too, as much as it's like another year of my life. That's so, so true. It's so good. I love that you did that. I actually just <laughs> did that this weekend for my birthday. Aww. I was like, okay, everyone, you want to like say nice things about me, but like, I just want to tell you like yeah. how much you mean to me. <laughs> yeah. I made like videos like a couple years, like two years ago. I was like, I'm going to make 23 videos. I'm turning 23. And I made like 35 because I was like, there's just too many. Oh and <laughs> sent them. They were like so intentional. But I love that. it was cool because I was like, I, it made me realize and just like have this newfound gratitude for like, wow, really? Like I really am just a sum of the people around me. So yeah, I love that you said yeah. that. Um, how do you find and pick? Because you've started a lot of things and worked. You work with some of your closest friends. Um, and mm-hmm. how do you choose who you want to build with? Because I know I have some very dear friends. I would probably never start a company with some of them. Like, how did you choose? And just kind of what was that process like of we're going to build this together and we're going to work together because that adds a new layer of, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. I we, we lead gather and it's all of our, you know, we're all really, really close. And that's that can mm-hmm. be hard at times and tricky to totally have some totally. of your best friends working towards a mission. It's one of the most beautiful things ever, but it's also difficult Mm -hmm. you know so totally you know I love yeah I love that you bring that up because it is so true I would say like the first thing for me always is just like gut trust Mm -hmm. just like a gut trust feeling of just like I know Mm -hmm. that this person has my best interest at heart yeah and I have you know their best interest at heart like I want to see them thrive and succeed and I think I would probably say that's like the number one framework Mm -hmm. um which isn't necessarily, like, a very, like, practical thing to follow. But right. I think for me, it's always generally been that way. That it's, like, you know, I generally feel like I discern pretty well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you're right. It's true that even with building with two of my best friends, like, you're basically just learning how to, like, merge or understand each other's personalities mm-hmm. to do that thing, which is making them thrive in what right. they do, Right. you know? So some people, like everyone has their own, you know, reasons for being the way that they are. And, you know, when you're working together towards something, you have to be like, okay, great. We all have like the same amazing goal in yeah. common. And because I know what you're like, and I know, you know, mm-hmm. maybe your triggers or like, I know what your personality is, whatever. Like I need to be aware of that. Mm. to then be able to like respond to you adequately or like encourage you in like a specific way or you know not necessarily like changing who I am as a person yeah but kind of growing my capacity for empathy and understanding how other people work yeah you know that's so that not everyone is going to be like me yeah right like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a super direct person and like expect everyone to be direct and I'm (laughs) learning that it's like not everyone is going to be like that like some people like to do a quick text of like hey how are you how are you feeling you know, and then like a request yeah. and I'm literally like, oh, here's the thing. Like, you know yep. me, I know you, I trust <laughs> you. Like, here's what I need, you know? And so like really learning how other people work yeah, um, definitely makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and just being open. Yeah. yeah. Open to, to talk yep. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I know. I have to think about that a lot too. Like, oh, you don't receive well. Like I didn't mean it. That, you know? I don't know. But exactly. It's such yeah. a good thing to learn and try to understand and ask questions and mm-hmm. ask people how they mm-hmm. usually it's like too I find it's helpful to be like what do you how do you feel most like heard in this because a lot of times like yes. people don't actually know what their style is or what their Enneagram or whatever so true. Or, or maybe they have some general idea of like I think it's this but when you ask people like how they feel best or most like responded to or seen mm-hmm. I feel like that can be helpful because it's 
we can mm-hmm. all identify like feelings for the most part i think so <laughs> yeah that's exactly great. it's true that's, that's true great. it's like oh i didn't feel great about that and yeah it's like, okay we'll figure out why you didn't mm-hmm. feel great and like we'll we can come back to it yeah that's good yeah um so i want to talk about your newest endeavor i'll let you like tell us about it but i was on your website and it's so cool oh my god okay tell us what it is tell us about this this company hurt this way and what you're you guys are yeah. doing with that I love it. Yes. So me and my two co-founders, Susie and Malin, are building Heart Display, which is the digital replacement to the family whiteboard. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been working on it for a little bit. And really the goal is, you know, we kind of realized that the three of us grew up with moms that were both working and then also Mm -hmm. just did everything at home. Like we're just their biggest cheerleaders, supporters, Mm -hmm. like we're always there project managing Mm -hmm. everything. And during the pandemic, there really was like an issue with like women having to drop out of the workforce because you know they didn't have childcare yeah. or like there wasn't necessarily like equality in place that kind of thing and really what women take on more than anyone else specifically moms is this like idea of the mental load that it's not just like executing and doing things and chores and that kind of thing it's really the planning and the thinking ahead and you know like we kind of like to describe it as you know you kind of have to think about the plan, what's going to happen, and then make sure you're monitoring it and then making sure that the people that are mm-hmm. supposed to be involved in that activity and that thing are getting things done that they need to be, they need to do or need to be where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it just came from like the inspiration of us thinking ahead for even like our own families of like, you know, thankfully my husband and I are like very equal, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like things pop up that I'm right. literally like, Hey, I've thought about these things. And I like really wish that you would take a step up and like yeah. really consider, you know, that I want to be a successful career woman. Mm-hmm. But when we have kids and we have a family, like we really want to do this in partnership. Wow. Um, and so specifically for us, it's very much like thinking ahead mm-hmm. and being like, we actually want to build something for women, for families. That's great. Um, that we also want to use in our future. Hmm. That's so cool. It it's so such a neat like product in general. Did you do the product design for that or what what's kind of I mean you're your co-founder, yes. so but yes. was that your so too? yeah, that's literally that's literally how we started. Like wow. basically all of like the existing designs. Like as we grow, of course, we're like adding like incredibly talented designers. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was like really the three of us just doing everything wow. that needed to be done. Wow. That's really cool. That is so exciting and I'm so excited to see it come to life and take yeah. off and oh really cool um so we are kind of coming to the end here but I just wanted to ask if there was anything else you wanted to say um just speaking to and you could talk we talked really practically too but if you want to talk more emotionally you're such a you're yeah. very very wise that's something I've always admired about you and just like you're relationally very steady as well and you surround yourself with we, we talked about this you know, in this mm-hmm. recording, but, um, yeah, you just have always struck me as someone who just really, you create community really well, you hold community really well, you love people really well. And so, um, yeah, I just, I admire that about you and would love to know just like, if there's anything else you want to speak into anyone listening just on yeah. either who has something they're starting to create or dreaming for, um, but then also just building their relationships in life or community mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, that's, that's so good. great. So, yeah, totally. I'm such a practical girl. Like, I'm, like, both, like, yeah. dreaming and immediately, be like, okay, how? We how do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, specifically with this, like, at any point that anyone kind of wants to jump out and do something that is unknown, that is scary, it is so important to hold your people really close mm-hmm. and to, like, find mm-hmm. the people that you can 
genuinely trust and you can genuinely be yourself with because there are going to be moments and like you know going out on a new venture Mm -hmm. where you're like oh my gosh what was I thinking you know sometimes I ask myself that and immediately I can like reach out to my close group of friends or even like talk to my husband or my sister and you know very much be like what was I thinking and I can get back from them like oh you were meant to do this like you were Mm -hmm. put here for a reason you know, like, that should be enough to, like, yeah. keep you moving forward. That, like, the people are – that you love and care about are in your corner yeah, cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, even just that is kind of the outcome. But, like, really the way to get, like, your people in your corner mm-hmm. is – this sounds so simple, but it, like, really is about being yourself mm-hmm. and giving – sometimes giving more than you receive mm-hmm. well you know that really finding the value in others you know of just and also understanding that like your friends people you meet they're not going to be be able to be everything to you right. like there are going right. to be certain friends that are like really good for like right. a certain thing for you or that kind of thing and like identifying that quickly mm-hmm. like just really helps build beautiful community yeah because you know who to go to for certain That's reasons mm-hmm. you know like I was even talking to a friend who I go to her specifically for when I feel like I'm not dreaming big enough, mm. you know, that I will be like, hey, like, can you please wow. just like challenge me in this area of my life? Like, I think I'm thinking too small. Wow. And, you know, part of building community is allowing people to have yeah. a say in your life. That's great. Um, yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of in, in terms of, like, community building and, like, friendships, it, like, really is just having – allowing people to have access to, like, the inner depths of who you are mm-hmm. um, and not just, like, oh, I see you and I hang out with you, but it's, like, hey, this is who I am, but, like, I want these pieces that I love about you to also influence, like, who I am. Mm, that's great. And giving people permission to, like, speak into those areas too. Yes, exactly. Of- I mean, and, of course, like, there's wisdom yeah. and, like, having boundaries yeah. and, like, all of those things, but – that, like, obviously should be the first, but yeah. at the same time, like, with a discerning mm-hmm. heart, yeah. you can be like, oh, I know this person can have, like, really beautiful influence, like, over my life. That's great. Yeah. So good. That's awesome. Well, all of this has been really good. Thank you so much for speaking into this and just, I love your your heart and your practical experience and you're a boss woman, so we're <laughs> happy and lucky it. to have you. But thank you so much for your time and we just hope to all you listening that this was you were inspired today and encouraged and um yeah just push forward to to dream bigger and to build what you're building and, and lay a strong and sturdy foundation and take that time to do what needs to be done so that it can hold what you're what you're dreaming for. So thank you so much and to all our listeners, we just love you and <laughs> we have you hope you have a great day. <laughs> to all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There's always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. Until next time, bye gather girls.